God. We thank you, Lord, for this opportunity to be here together, Lord. God, we're so thankful, Lord, that you allowed us to have this ladies' conference this year. Lord, I pray for each lady, God, that they would leave here, God, feeling refreshed in you, Lord. God, that you would bless every single lady, Lord. God, I pray for each speaker this morning, God, that you would just touch them, God, anoint them, Lord. God, help them to speak what you want us to hear, Lord. God, I pray that you would just be with us through the rest of the day, God. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name.
God is here. He came in with us, and he's right here with us. He came in a mighty way, and I'm so thankful for that today. He will never leave me nor forsake me, no matter what comes to my life, no matter what troubles come, like that song said, I'm not turning back. We have a wonderful privilege this morning to get to meet Sister Wanda Jett. Um, Sister Jed and I, we met each other at camp. We would spend our summers <laughs> having a wonderful time at camp meeting, at the kids' camp. And I would be the nurse. She worked most of the time in the gift shop and singing and doing all kinds of things. And uh, we would just have such fun. It was a lot of work. I mean, kids' camp is work, but it's not a vacation. But it is fun. And, and I met her, and I learned to love her. She's such a, a, a great lady, and she's so funny. Oh, last night, it was funny with her. She's, she's, she's great. Well, uh, Sister Jed and her husband, Charles Jed, are the lead pastors at the New Life in Champaign, Illinois. She's a mother to two girls. Wanda is, uh, also has two son-in-laws. And her most favorite title, I guess, is Nunny, is it? Oh, see, I'm Nana. And um, um, to five wonderful grandkids. We're talking about retiring and going somewhere warm, but I can't leave those grandkids. She enjoys spending time with her family, baking, working in her yard, and thrifting. So I want to present to you right now, Sister Wanda Jett. microphone dress before I come up here. I guess, are you guys going to sing with me? <laughs> I guess we'll dismiss the girls and the boys. You boys can be dismissed. Or you can stay, I don't care. Your church, do what you want. I think they, well, you know, maybe they thought I was going to sing. I don't know. But I'm not. <laughs> well, the, light, the lights are so bright up, up here I can't really see you. So, um, Well, let me find my spot. And it's good to be here with you all. Thank you, Sister Heather Maynard, for inviting me. <clears throat> um, sister, is that your name, Robin? I never called you by your first name. I'm Wanda. She's Robin. Um, at camp, we were Sister Jet and Sister Maynard. So, but now we have two Sister Maynards. It's always confusing to me. So, uh, anyway, it was good. Growing up in the campground, really, pretty much when our kids were getting older. And, uh, you know, doing the work of God, wherever you can go and whatever you can do, it's always rewarding. And, and no matter how much work it is, like she said, the rewards are great. 
So if you get an opportunity to do something like that, you make lifelong friends just like us through the years. We don't hang out together. No, she doesn't go thrifting with me or anything like that. But when we see each other, it's like my old pal. You know, that's just the way. And how are your kids? And, and then I want to brag on Sister Heather a little bit. Um, we've worked on the ladies' ministry team together for a while. And I want you to, to know something about this girl. Sorry, you're a girl. And, well, a la- you're a lady girl. But she's amazing. Oh, my word. There, there's no, um, I'm just really heavy. <laughs> Here, maybe if I get down like that. Um, I'm not used to all the spotlights. We have little lights in our little building. So she, she can do anything. I've watched her as she came into the group of us old-fashioned women, and, and, and she just got right in there, and she knew, like, we're going to be looking at her like, oh, you're the new girl, and, you know, you just do what we say, and we're the boss and all that. Well, we're really not like that, but she... She just came in and respectfully took her place, and if she was asked to do something, she would always do it. And then she got to where she would kind of give her opinion on things and and start making decisions and things like that. That's growth. You know what? I watched her grow, and I watched her suggest things in our group, and I'm like, wow, that is amazing. And the talents and abilities she had to bring to the table were far beyond anything I ever, that I ever planned for or ever knew how to do. I think it's really important that we remember that just because they're not the oldest one. Uh, I noticed you honored uh, the sister t- last night that was a pastor's wife here for 40 years. It's nice to know that somebody's carrying the torch. Isn't it nice to know that? It's nice to know that God's word is pushing forward. It would be terrible if it stopped when you stopped. When you weren't in charge and everybody said, she's not in charge anymore, I'm done. You know what? It didn't work that way. And look what God has done in this church and in all of you. And I thank him for his work. I thank Sister Heather. I just wanted to you know, publicly tell you that I appreciate you. <laughs> she's so humble. I don't know if she's humble here, but she's humble around us. She's so sweet. Um, she invited, she called me last year right in the middle of the heat of COVID. So she didn't call me. She texted me or something or messaged me or something. And I'm, I rem- I'll never forget because, you know, like we're all hunkered down in our houses and Really, you know, looking out your windows. You're just kind of afraid and not really afraid, but you're just like, what's going on? And if I get it, am I going to make it? And, and then Heather, she, she sends me a text and invites me to come to speak the next year. I'm like, oh, I'm going to live till next year. <laughs> I was so excited. I'm like, I may almost, you know, not make it, but, you know, I have an appointment. I have a very important appointment, so I know, I told her, yes, 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 I'll be there. 
I was afraid to say no because I'm, you know. So you'd be surprised how many times when it got a little difficult, I'm like, God, I got to speak next year. <laughs> next year, I have an appointment to speak. So keep me well, keep me healthy. And uh, it gave me, it pulled me through. And it made me nervous for a whole year. So here we are in a new year facing even more different challenges. And we're just like, what's going on in this world? And, and what's going to happen next? You know, just so many uncertainties. But you know, the good news is he's brought us through. He brought us through a difficult time. Tomorrow, he brought me through this day today. And he's going to bring me through the next day tomorrow. I stand before you today confident, and I'm going to read Romans, and I'm going to let you sit down in just a second, but I'll tell you when you can sit down. It's in my notes. Um, Romans 8, 38 and 39. For I am persuaded, if you know this, say it with me, that neither death nor life nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. God is in control. God is in control of every situation. I, um, you can be seated. I was going to do something else, but I changed my mind. That's the way I do. I, I have all these notes, and sometimes my husband said, Wanda, you make me so nervous when you walk away because it's like, there she goes. <laughs> so much for the notes. I, I promise you I'm going to try to stick with them. Uh, through difficult times and even in, through times of rejoicing, um, I have this, um, this little granddaughter. I have five grandchildren, but she's the baby right now, so you know how that is. She's, she turned two. Her name is Vera. Now, she's Sarah's little girl, and she kind of has more our personality than the grandpa or the dad, you know, she's She's a little bit feisty, and she's a little bit sassy and spicy. You know, she's just fun. She's so, it's like taking care of myself. <laughs> it is. It's just like, little me, little me, what are we going to do today? Fun. Um, she, she comes over in the mornings, and Sarah, we have a, like a remote learning uh, schooling going on at our church right now. Sarah took took that upon herself, and so I have Vera every day, and at first I'm like, you know, babysit every day, but then I figured she's babysitting me, I'm not babysitting her, she's just taking care of Nanny, but when she comes over, she says, can I have my coffee milk, and so I always have my coffee, and then she always gets her little sipper cup with milk, and then I pour just enough in there to change the color of the milk, and she, she drinks it and says, oh, this is delicious, <laughs> and it's her coffee milk, you know, so 
of course, I had to buy her, I have a little llama cup, and I had to buy her a llama zipper cup, you know. We just do our little coffee together every day, and she gets in that routine. She's a singer. She sings everything. She's always singing and, and just having a big time. We've got music going on. And Now, these are through our difficult times. These are through times of uncertainty. And, and then maybe I wake up that morning thinking, ah, oh, you know, I'm remembering what the news said last night, or I'm remembering, you know, about something coming up or decisions being made with our government or am I doing this a lot? <laughs> I like to see your faces. And, and one particular day, this was just recently, you know, there was just more news and it's like, well, no, we're not going to open up. Everybody else in the world's opening up, but not Illinois. You know, we got we to gotta stay closed and just a bunch of blah, 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 blah stuff. And Vera and I, you probably don't even want to imagine this, but it's the truth. Uh, a lot of times in the kitchen, my kitchen's not real big, but we've got, you know, our WBGL, it's Christian Station playing, and sometimes when those little bit faster songs come on, you know, she's like, Nanny, let's dance. <laughs> sure. We get in the kitchen, you know, most of the time we're still in our pajamas. We're not going anywhere, you know. We're just hanging out, babysitting each other. And uh, so the music's going, and she has a rug, and I have a rug, and we have to be in our spot. And, and the music's playing, and I'm like, you know, I've already taken my meds so I can bend, you know, before she gets there. And, and I'm like, she's just twirling and having fun, and I'm like, head, shoulders, knees, and oh, knees and toes, stretch. And she's like, turn around, nunny. Turn around, so I, you know, as fast as I can go around, and and where she calls that dancing in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, she's making me move, you know. Uh, so we do that every day. So if you come to my house and I don't answer the door, it's because it's dance time in the kitchen. She, uh, the other day, like I said, it was kind of a difficult day, and and I'm in the bedroom and. I've got my mind on some things, and she's playing with her babies in the living room, and and the song comes on. I don't know about you, but the song, uh, The Goodness of God, all my life you have been faithful, all my life you have been so, so good, sing it with me, with every breath that I am I will sing of the goodness of God. Sing that again. All my life you have been faithful. All my life you have been so, so good. With every breath that I am able, I will sing. Of the goodness of God. That song came on the radio. I heard it. I was clear in the other room. Well, that's our song. Me and Vera's song. She came running out of the living room into the bedroom where I was. And she said, Bunny, 
You hear that? That's our song. And I said, yes, it is, Vera. And she, I was already singing it back there and just praising God and, and talking to him. And I said, yes, it is, Vera. And she said, Nani, you want to go dance? And I said, yes, I do. So I take my, you know, sad little self that's in there trying to have a prayer meeting, and I go in there into the kitchen. Now, we only dance on the fast songs, you know, that's so I can really get going. And so here was a slow song. I'm like, uh. and we walk in the kitchen, and I just kind of took her hands, and we were, we were singing, both of us were singing the goodness of God. And she said, hold you, Nanny. And I picked her up, and she's not, like I said, she's a sassy, bossy little thing. But she, at that moment, she laid her head on my shoulder and we sang the goodness of God and just moved around the kitchen. Tears, she had her head back here. Tears just flowed down my face. This is what I said. Thank you, God, for using this baby for me to connect with you. Thank you for reminding me that this is what it's all about. I, I can't change my circumstances. I can't change what's going on in the world. But I can change myself in this moment. I can change myself right now. <laughs> then I put her down and thanked her for the dance and went back to my, my work or whatever I was doing. I'll never forget that day as long as I live. That moment that, that I just stopped everything to go and, and slow dance with my little granddaughter to the goodness of God. We're talking about Fix My Eyes. The conference this, this week is Fix My Eyes. Exactly one year ago this very night, some Sister Heather alluded to it last night, is when our world, that next week, our world just all changed. We were in, we were in revival with the uh, Actually, we had just started Revival. That night was a leadership seminar. We had brother and sister Anthony and Michelle Cox had come. And that afternoon, we were just going to have kind of a, a leadership seminar where he could just kind of talk to us about leadership and prayer and kind of unify us together to get ready for the year ahead. And, uh, and our people, <clears throat> we just have a small group of us. And I'll never forget, he... To me, Brother Cox, I know he's my nephew, but he's so wise in so many things. And, um, you know, a lot of times in leadership meetings, they give you step one, step two, and this is what, blah, blah, blah. You know what he said to us? You have to remember that the God you serve, the God that you know, he is housed within you. He's not a God out there. He's not a God that you have to go to church. And he said this, you don't have to be in the church building to feel the presence of God. You house the presence of God. When he said that, I kept thinking, I know that. That's nothing new. All of our leaders know that when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, it's his presence inside of you. But it seemed like he kept stressing that. 
He said, no matter where you go, if you go to the grocery store, if you go, you know, Walmart, wherever you go, you house the presence of God. So if you walk up to a situation and, and you meet a friend or, or someone and they're talking to you about their day or, or a prayer request, you know what? That presence of God should flow out of you. I mean, pray with them right now. Pray with them right now at the grocery store, wherever you are. You don't have to say, I'll take your prayer request to the church and, you know, and I'll get the elders to pray over you. You are the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. You house his presence. So at that moment, he's at Walmart with you. At that moment, he's at, at the grocery store with you. So he kept stressing to us about how we house the presence of God. I, little did we know that that was on Saturday. We had service with him on Sunday, and that was the last time we had Sunday service for quite a long time. You all know the feeling. But you know how many times I went back to that night when he, was, he kept reminding us, you house the presence of God. So just because my doors and my church were closed didn't mean that God was shut off from me from now on. Now you're on your own. The doors are shut. The pastor's not there. Nobody's there. So, you know, this is time for you to decide, hmm, maybe I'll make some changes. You know, maybe, hmm, maybe it wasn't important to come to Tuesday night. Maybe it wasn't important, you know, prayer. You start, we started getting a little bit lazy. I got lazy when we had Zoom meetings on Tuesday night. Now, Sunday, we, my daughter and I and her husbands and their three little kids went to church to do live, disastrous live recordings. You guys may do live recordings here. We've never done anything live. In fact, we don't even record any of our services because we don't, you know, there's like six of us that do everything, so we can't run back there and <laughs> Record and run back up here. Well, we figured it out during COVID for sure. Um, the important thing was, as we went through that time, that we just stayed close because God didn't shut himself in our church house. He gave me the opportunity to bring him with me. He gives you the opportunity now, when you come into this house, even this conference this weekend, and you get so filled up with everything, now you can just like this box of Kleenex, you can, well, that was great, and just leave it here. Or you can say, that was for me. That was for me. It's okay. It's okay to take everything. You're not being greedy. You just know it's going to require that of you. If you're like me, I need it. I need everything, and I can, I can store it up in there because there's going to be a time I'm going to say, I'm glad I kept this. I'm glad I kept this part. Through that time, um, well, every morning I go out. I promise you it's not all about me. I'm going to get into some Bible stuff here in a minute. Every morning, it's just a routine for me. I put the coffee on. The right side of the coffee pot is my back door, and I jump out there, and I feed my birds, you know. I like to feed the birds. The squirrels eat it, but I feed the birds. And I enjoy that. I, that's just a little pleasure that I have. 
And then I come back into the house, and then I go have my prayer time. That's kind of my routine. I know some people say, as soon as your eyes are open, start praying. Well, Lord, forgive me. I do go to the bathroom first, and then I, I make my coffee. I like that coffee in my hand when I'm talking to God. It kind of keeps me awake, and I smell it. But I went, I go out to the feed the birds, and I come back in. But, you know, at this particular time, during all this, these little changes and struggles, I went out to feed the birds in the bird feeder and started walking up to the house. And um, I don't know about you, but there's a lot of places, there's different places in my home and outside that it's like, I got to have a God moment right here. You know, my kitchen for one. But my backyard, it's kind of private. And there's sometimes I've just went out there and walked in my backyard and just started praying against things or or spirits or prayed against a situation we were facing at the church or a family member or whatever. You know what? When you house the presence of God, your backyard is your church. Your backyard is your heaven. Your kitchen's your heaven. I don't care where you are, but it's important first that we house him. And I was walking back to the house, and it's just like the Lord said, stretch your hand out. Stretch your hand out and curse this virus from the north, south, east, and west. And I'm, you know, of course, I'm, <laughs> I do have a private backyard, but, I mean, there are gaps, you know. they could, Somebody could see if they wanted to. I kind of wonder if Jerry's out today. wonder if Jeannie's walking her dog, you know. Because if I start, oh, God. You know, but who cares? At this point, there's so much junk going on that something good, you know. I don't care if they turn me in. Said she was raising her hands to the north. So I lifted my hands. I don't know where the north, south, but anyway, in my case, it's this way, you know. And I, <laughs> my house and my backyard, that's the way it goes. And uh, I prayed against the spirit. I prayed against the virus. And the spirit of the virus. I, I feel like there's a spirit dealt with that. Not that whoever gets it has a spirit. No, I'm not saying that. You understand. And I respect the virus. I do. I respect all the precautions and all of that. To me, it's, it's very serious. But I also don't want it to rule me or to ruin my church or my people of God. When I'm responsible for them, I want to keep my life open to that. And then he spoke, uh, the next day he would add different things. Now I want you to pray this or that. So the next thing you know, it's just like, it was okay in the summer, but when it got cold and there was snow everywhere, I'm like, oh, the rain against the north. You know, I'm out there freezing to death praying because he kept adding to all my prayers, you know. He just kept adding this and adding that. So it was like every day. You know, I'm all about consistency. I think if he, unless he tells me to stop, my birds get fed. I start connecting with him. I start praying the prayers that he... But two of the words that he gave me, and I want to share that with you right now before I run out of time. Um, sorry. <laughs> two words he gave me. I had a couple things to say before that, but uh, were... He told me to pray against a spirit of intimidation. And I don't know about you, but I was kind of feeling a little bit intimidated at that time. That's when the writing were, writings were going on. 
And in our community, our city, uh, that was during Black Lives Matter, and we were having all kinds of things going on. A couple of blocks from my house, they were, they were breaking out the windows of the gas station. We live close to everything, so um, you could hear the sound, you know, and we're right there, you know. Uh, and then they started setting off all these fireworks, and then, like, two in the morning, they would set off these fireworks that, I don't know what you call them, but they'd shoot them up, and there's never a picture or never any fireworks, but you hear that boom real loud, you know, like a bomb. I hate those. Anyway, so that was going on. You'd just be trying to relax during the day, and then you'd just jump. You know, I was jumpy all the time. It just seemed literally at night, you never, you'd go, you could go to bed, but you were never going to go to sleep for a few hours. It just kept me stirred. Um, vehicles, of course, I said we live by the main drag, and, and they would get out there, and they would rev up their motors and, and race, and you could hear them, and you waited any minute for them to crash into something. That's how, it was like all the time, you know. So, yes, intimidation, that along with trying to have a service, a live service, when none of us had ever done that, and when all of us were there to do the singing and the worship and the preaching, and we were trying to record our own service, all of that was intimidating to me. And at that time, I felt like it was just, it was one of those things, but God told me, pray over yourself for intimidation. So I want to tell you right now in this place, if you're fighting a spirit of intimidation, you need to just get rid of it. You, you have no reason to hold on to it. Intimidation just, and I'm going to go on with that. Uh, Webster says it causes a, it's, it's a causing, causing a loss of courage or self-confidence. It produces fear. Intimidation and fear, they're, they're hand in hand. The biblical def, definition, defini, okay, definition, making someone fearful by real or implied threats. Now, we've had a lot of implied threats, right? It's a state of, a, uh, of nervousness. At this time when I was praying against the spirit of intimidation, and I told you we were having all the writings and all that going on, and it was that struggle that inward struggle that I had and when the Lord spoke that to me I didn't realize because there was so much junk going on that I didn't realize I was battling that so there are sometimes if you're like having some uncertainty or anxiety or if you're feeling restless about something you know what it doesn't hurt for you to find that place and remember I house the presence of God and you need to reach within, just re reach within and say, God, I don't like the way I feel. I don't like who I've become. I don't like my nervousness. I don't like my anxiety. I don't like this. This is not me. And you know what? I put my hand right on myself, my head. I don't have to go to the church and get the pastor in the oil because I house the presence of God. When you house the presence of God, you have the authority. He places that within you. You have access to him at any time. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. If I can't portray anything to you guys today except that or impart to you, 
You need to house the presence of God. If it's only when you walk through these doors and you, the music's right and the preacher's right and the singing's right and you can feel that those Holy Ghost bumps, that's not enough. Those Holy Ghost bumps aren't going to keep you through these difficult times and the times that we're going to face ahead. You have to house the presence of God. You have to, and it's for everybody here today. And, and I know you say, well, Sister Jet, we're all Christians here, yeah? But if you don't house him, if you just enjoy his presence, there's a big difference. You've got, you got to learn to house him that way. It's going to keep you. Um, when I think of intimidation in the Bible, I was thinking of relating it to some people in the Bible, and I think of Queen Esther, how she must have felt when she was asked to go before the king and ask for, you know, for their family. She was supposed to, uh, it was her duty to save a nation. It fell to her responsibility. God had given her all she needed to accomplish the task. Still, she had to make the decision whether or not to take the risk. I, I would venture to say that everybody in this place today has been at that place when you know in your heart what to do. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm just me. I'm just, you know, I don't know. What's that intimidation thing? I'm just me. Esther was at that same place. She was indeed called to the kingdom for such a time as this. We may not have as much power and influence as Esther had, but God has still placed us where he wants us to be for such a time as this. We're not here by accident. We have a God-given circle of influence. We cannot stand idly by while injustice occurs. You can just do like me and, and lay on your couch and hide and stay in your pajamas, you know, for a day or two thinking maybe this will all pass and I'll wake up from a bad dream, and it doesn't. And then we're with our coworkers and our friends, and they're saying, what do you think about this? Well, I don't know. It's kind of just me, and I don't really have an opinion. Remember, that presence that you house, talk to God. He'll show you what to do. He'll give you the answer. He'll help you to be bold and strong. Uh, we have to pay attention to what's around us and seek God's direction and what he wants us to do. Uh, 2 Timothy tells us, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So we have his word, and he's promised he's going to be with us. The next word, uh, I'm going to tell you that God gave me out at the bird feeder, was distraction. How many has been distracted lately? Nobody in this room. That's amazing. distractions, it seemed like you would get the intimidation out the window and you're okay and you move along, but then you're like, oh, oh, well, but they're doing this and that, oh, that church is, and yeah, but that restaurant does this and that rest, and then you, you get all distracted by everything around you, not realizing, hey, 
just stay focused. Just stay focused and keep moving ahead. The definition of distraction is something that makes it hard to pay attention. That's hard, wasn't it? Uh, something that drags you away from your task. So even when I was preparing this, this little message today, you would be surprised at what comes through on my phone or, or this or my husband comes home from work early or, you know, something's going on. I'm like, usually i got all this time to myself and all of a sudden it's like everybody needs everything. Distractions. Distractions can lead to unhealthy habits and even addictions that are hard to break, right? Yeah. I want to ask for a show of hands how many gained a little weight during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. I went to get something to wear to this conference, and I'm like, oh, Lord. It's like, what happened to all my clothes? Well, first we didn't need clothes, you know, because there was no church. <laughs> I know Sister Kayla was selling all of her beautiful things online. I'm thinking, mm, I can't wear that for another season, so I might as well wait back next year. And this, you know, you just kept. You know, for me, I love those warm, cozy winter pajamas, and I'm, like, snuggly and warm, and nobody's coming to my house. I'm not going to anybody else's house. and So I just got them bigger and bigger and bigger. And I'm not joking about that. I've never had two drawers full of winter pajamas in my life, but they're my happy place. Um. How difficult was it for you to get back in the routine of going to church when the doors were finally open? Well, obviously it was okay for you. It's those that didn't show up for this conference, you know. We're like, hey, here's an opportunity. Well, I, my daughter needs this, or I got to do that. or You know, it's real important that now that the doors are open, that we, we get back in. We just come on back in. We have to pray to pass through, to push through the distractions. Um, Psalms 101 and 3 said, I will set before, uh, I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And to me, that's distractions. So if it's something on Netflix or if it's... Uh, a habit, you know, I, I did eat too much dessert. I, I baked everything. I baked everything that everybody sent me a recipe for. <laughs> I tried foods, and I'm telling you, some of them were delicious. Um, I just kept saying to my husband, what do you think about this? You know, and bringing in some samples, and, well, that's not too good. Okay, we'll mark that one off, and then next night, oh, I baked these. What do you think about it's just like, make sure I've got flour, sugar, butter. I can make it through this pandemic. I was buying it, you know, pounds and pounds and pounds, you know. Or say to Sarah, she lived across the street, do you have any butter? I'm out of butter. I mean, I got to bake today. This is what I do. Bake in my pajamas. Um, it's so important that we, we get our minds off of those things that when we're uncomfortable, we go to those places. You know, I don't drink beer, but I guess if I was a beer, <laughs> aren't you glad to hear that? <laughs> yeah. 
I don't do drugs. I don't smoke. I do dance, but it's, you know. But some, unfortunately, some people in these times of distraction, they don't have the answer, so they go back to those things that's familiar, you know? It's okay if the thing's familiar to you or, or, you know, your Bible reading and your prayer time and your connection with your family. You know, that's what threw me off. I'm, I'm sorry, I keep jumping off. What time do, how much time do I have? I have five minutes. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> anyway, uh, okay. I'll tell you that next time, okay? I have to jump down here really important. This is really important. I have to say this, so I'll make it as fast. No, I'm, I'm serious. I need to hurry. Uh, I'm distracted. I want to talk seriously now, I mean, because to me this is a crutch of my whole message today. And this is what I felt when she called. And it's all about intimidation and distraction. And we've all been there, so we related today about how we felt during this time. I want to talk about David in the Bible. David was a, a mighty king, a mighty warrior. The Bible says he was a man after God's own heart, right? We've heard that since we were children. No greater man than King David. He worshiped God. You know when he brought the... the uh, Ark of the Covenant back in, he danced, he would stop, go so many paces and worship God. He knew about the presence of God. He housed the presence of God. And he knew how important it was to get it to where it needed to be. That was our King David, a mighty man, a, God, a man after God's own heart. But you know what? David got to the place where he got distracted. David should have been off to war like he always was. He was a mighty warrior. He should have been with the other men out fighting the battles, but he chose to stay behind this particular day. And I can just imagine, you know, there's nothing worse than a man that doesn't have something to do and he's just hanging around the house. You're like, do something. You know, I don't care if you bake. You just do something. But a man around the house, that's just weird, isn't it? Just hanging around the house. Well, it is for me because my husband's usually. But da see, I get distracted. <laughs> back, back. David looked out the window. And there's the baptistry there. You can pretend. And Bathsheba was out bathing. Now, if he had been off doing what he was supposed to do, if he had been busy doing what he was called to do in his job, he wouldn't have had this leisurely time to just, hmm, wonder what people do when they stay home. You know, they just hang out, look out their windows and see women bathing. <laughs> That's, that was just a place for David at that time. And, well, that wasn't, you know, Bad enough that he just looked out the window. But he asked for her. He called for her. And he took her as his own and took advantage of her. And then to top it all off, 
one of his main men in the army was her husband. And he knew, okay, so she's pregnant now. And he's like, I got to get rid of this man because he's going to find out. But this man was loyal to David. This man loved David. He didn't know what happened. But he, David had him put in the front lines of this battle so that he would get killed on purpose so David wouldn't have to deal with him. Can you believe that? Distraction led him to that place. One thing after another after another. Her husband gets killed in, the, in this battle that they're having in this war. They have the baby. She has the baby, and the baby dies. The prophet Samuel comes to David and talks to him, God is not pleased with you. I'm sure by this time David's thinking, what in the world? What in the world did I do? How, how did I get to this place? It, it was just a simple distraction for just a moment. And now everything is destroyed. And more than that, it was my relationship. My presence of God. There was none. And that's where we read the scripture in the Bible, the prayer that he prayed. Create in me a clean heart, O God. And renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from me. Take not your presence from me. So I could see that desperate prayer. I, I mean, I can't even imagine. I, I know people that have fallen into sin. Good people. Good people of God. Just like you. Just like me. People that we, we, we esteem highly. They fall into that moment of distraction. But you know, the important thing is that David didn't stay there. And say, well, I was good for a while. I was a great king for a while. You know, that was good. No. He housed the presence of God. And he knew, I've got I've to get this back. I've got I've to restore this. And I can see David. In my mind's eye, I can see David going. And in, in, he was repenting and he was praying and talking to God. And he was trying to feel that presence of God. And he's thinking, what? Or did I lose it? What happened? What happened? And I can imagine him going to that secret place in the closet where he kept that robe as a shepherd boy. That, that little robe that he had put on when Samuel came and anointed him the king. When all of his brothers were in the house, handsome, strong-looking men, and David was a little intimidated little man. And he was anointed oil, and I'm sure that oil just ran. Do you know, I have one little hanky. I didn't bring it, I brought a different one, but I have one that was anointed with oil because of the times. That stays with me all the time. It's in my purse right now. It's in my bedside every night, every day. It's been anointed with oil. Sometimes I just place it on my head. But can you in a robe that had been anointed and he went into that closet 
I'm sure he pulled that out and he, he smelled that oil. He smelled that beautiful fragrance of that anointing oil, remembering that day that he was told he's going to be the greatest king of all. And he, I can imagine he just put that close to him. And he just probably wept and cried and remembered that beautiful anointing and what he felt like when he was covered with anointing. I feel like it's at that point that he just really broke through with God and that God in him had this conversation. Maybe he went and danced in his kitchen. Maybe he just started dancing before the Lord. Because you never, once you get that anointing and once you're covered with Jesus Christ and, and once you allow him to come in and his presence to be within you and you house his presence, you're never the same. You're never, you're never going to be the same. So I, I just think that's awesome for David that he didn't just give up because he had failed. He remembered what he walked away from, and he held it dear. And it mattered enough that he renewed that relationship with his God. Stand with me today. If you know this little kid's song, we're going to sing it because to me it's about fixing our eyes so we don't have distractions. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little eyes, what you see. For the Father up above is looking down in love. So be careful, little eyes, what you see. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. Oh, be careful, little ears, what you hear. For the Father up above, he's looking down in love. So be careful, little ears, what you hear. Be careful, little hands, what you do. Oh, be careful, little hands, what you do. This is important. For the Father of He's looking down in love. <clears throat> One more. Feet where you go. So be careful, little feet where you go. Oh, be careful, make good choices, make good choices. So be careful, little feet, where you go. Let's just give God a hand clap today. Hallelujah, hallelujah.